We're back for episode 27. Uh, okay. Let me just say one thing about 27. We're finally visually legit and no, no longer have to worry about getting our logo reprised because what's happened? Your sister, yes, she gave you a Christmas present. What? Exactly. Well, she's redesigning our um, our podcast cover. So, shout out to Madeline Bledsoe for um, painting a new cover. Monster, monster shout out. 20, 26 episodes, and we've proven we've we've been out there. We've been slogging. We've been broadcasting. We've been coming up with obscure, obscure knowledge. The, the kind of information that is cherished by young people, they they will one day take to their grave. And Maddie is now, she has embellished our logo, and now it is ours. So we're thinking about T-shirts. We're thinking about, okay, tattoos. And uh, thank you, Maddie. This is a huge shout-out for your redesign because uh, we're, you know, we're the guys. That's it. Now, Cole, what is it? You've just recently been to, is it, am I mistaken? Was it, was it Monterey Bay? Yeah. You know, one could say I went 20,000 leagues under the sea. So I recently. Just Hello, Jules, Jules Verne. Get out of the way. <laughs> I recently just got back from Monterey Bay and I checked out the aquarium. Dude, let me tell you, there was some crazy, crazy shit there. They have this brand new exhibit that just opened up this past April that covers all the animals and a bunch of the wildlife that lives in the deep ocean. That is otherwise, you know, the the general public is cannot go and see that at normal aquariums. Well, no, Cole. Hello, I, I I'm just I'm just a, a a novice here with deep sea exploration, but is there not? I've heard stories of people bringing fish up and they explode. How is it that there's a whole, what, what do you've got a, a, a display case full of exploding fish? What is it? Fart, whoopee cushions, fart noises and exploding fish. What, what? Well, normally. Yeah. I mean, the pressure is so great down at that depth. If you bring an animal, you know, up to the surface, it's normal. It's, used to living at that depth it's equivalent to almost bringing a man to outer space without a spacesuit in the matter of like five minutes so you would almost explode there would be not enough pressure to keep you you know hold it together should they have called this the rapture of the deep display maybe but they i was able to get a behind the scenes tour at the aquarium and they showed us this tool they had used to bring up a lot of the sea critters they were living at that depth it was this anti-repressuring tank so they would they would put the animals in at a certain pressure and they would keep that pressure and slowly over time uh lower the pressure to acclimate the animal to the new pressure holy moses so that way they can put it right into the tank and it'll feel comfortable yeah so super interesting stuff. They had these red glowing jellyfish that were the little rainbow light shows. I mean, shit sh you only see in, you know, Planet Earth documentaries on the animal planet. 
And this aquarium, they had this open ocean exhibit that uh, I believe was 1.5 million gallons. And they had a whole bait, like a bait ball of sardines in there. And they had yellowfin tuna. They had dolphin fish. They had hammerheads. They had stingrays. And they also had sea turtles in there. Okay, we're we're not going to break for a uh, you know a commercial here, but Cole, I have to ask, who feeds those fish, and what did they feed them? They were feeding them bits of squid, um, and other bits of chopped up sardine, and other you know various fish to the larger fish in there. But when they fed, when it came to feeding the sardines, they'd sprinkled in fish food, essentially, so nutrients for them to eat. So. Huh. Uh, keep in mind that for people with, you know, last minute gift items for Christmas, you can always feed a sardine poo spool with uh, fish food. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So they, at one point, Monterey Bay Aquarium was famously known for housing and exhibiting white sharks at their aquarium. I've heard that, uh, uh, and that didn't. Well, I've heard it didn't work out as well as they planned. Well, What's the deal on that? They had tried several times. I think the Monterey Bay Aquarium had displayed six total white sharks, uh, running all the way back to 1984, and and then it ended up in like 2011, I believe, because the white shark, the juvenile white sharks, just couldn't acclimate to the uh, tank. Um, so they wouldn't house them very long. So, in fact, one of them even died at, shortly after release, only being there for a short while. And, and, and does this come on the heels of of the novel Jaws? I'm sure a lot of the research and the idea to display one had sprouted from the seed, you know, of watching Jaws. So, I mean, it surely brought in like over a million people to come see this white shark on display. Well... The the question I want to know, did a lot of sheriff's wives say to them, do you want to get drunk and fool around? Because that's that's an important part. Of no, I don't think so. Uh, okay. Probably not. Okay. All right. Just uh, let that go then. When was the last time you were at Monterey? Uh, my lovely bride and I went down there. Oh, it's got to be 20 years ago. But we did see... That huge cluster of sardines swimming and and doing their circly bit in the middle of this this monster aquarium, and uh, I was. It, it's not your basic goldfish bowl at all. No, no. absolutely far yeah. from it. Yeah. So that was that was the last time I was there. Um, what other cool things? Oh. Uh, this is a little, little hint for, for future I know you're going to want to go there after this podcast. I know you're all dying to go now. I know, but the restaurants right on the strip, they're kind of, they're not to get, go up one block and, and, and there these places up, up about a block away that you can get great chowder and pretty good 
seafood, and it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg, and and it's not a ripoff. Well, a lot of the when we had walked, when I walked up and down Canary Row, a lot of the stores and restaurants are old, cheap tchotchke tourist traps. Yeah, you know they were out. They were just bright and loud there to try and you know grab your attention, but. I mean, it was obvious. It's like, okay, this is all just tourist stuff. So you've got your store with all your cheap chikachi magnets, Ugh. sweatshirts, you know, uh, Christmas tree ornaments, whatever. And then you've got your bubblegum shrimp next door with your overpriced seafood. Well, uh, Cole, did we do a broadcast earlier on about the Western Flyer? I think we did. We did yeah, an okay. episode on Ed Ricketts yes. and John Steinbeck. Well, this is this is really uh, amazing. Uh, we honestly, people, we did not plan to have John Steinbeck and Ed Rickert be our symbol for our program, but uh, it. It looks like, you know, Cole's made the trip to Monterey. We've done the story on the Western Flyer, which is, you know, this ship that everybody touts as this wonderful little romanticized vessel, but it's a death ship of fisheries on the West Coast. But here, here's Cole. He's going to, you know, the center of, of, of that literary ecological universe and he's finding out some good stuff well in fact when we went there we i had walked past and i was able to view see uh ed ricketts laboratory there in monterey it was right there on cannery row and it was this old beaten wooden shack almost um but you couldn't you, you could not even go inside um, cause I, I read somewhere that the city only opens it up to the public, uh, on the first Saturday of every month. Why, why is that cool? I could only assume to try and preserve the building. Okay. So, um, cause it looked really old. So, but if you, you could also walk behind to the side and you could see backyard of it right on the, like water, right on the water. And, bef- but before he, you could, it would reach the water. He had this whole back area filled with these sanctioned off concrete little tubes so he could throw in sea animals into these little uh, these little terrariums he had poured out of concrete and there was lined up like honeycombs and so he could you could research and look them all at them all while they were alive and you could keep them alive while researching them in there super interesting stuff i mean it was right and then right off to the right it was you know open ocean just boom right there super super cool stuff cole i don't think i've i don't think anybody has ever spoken about the little concrete cubes of ed ricketts this is this is some major uh uh innovation and uh research uh, ed ricketts kept jellyfish in cubes <laughs> he was the first ruby cube collector <laughs> well at the aquarium they had this whole this whole this small section dedicated to john steinbeck and ed ricketts and they had some of the actual um vials 
some of the sea critters that he had put in jars and preserved. He had this large um, uh, uh, case of this humble squid in it that had been, he had preserved. And then to the uh, to the side of that, they had a photo of Ed Ricketts holding the squid when it was dead. Well, after he had just killed it, before he'd put it into this vial. So, and then obviously there was there was tons of other little wolf eels, little baby leopard sharks, little squids, little octopuses, little fish. He was he was the first real person to kind of not only want to discover all the species in that lived in that area, but also study how they all interacted with each other, how they all lived in this environment, and what kind of ecosystem they were all living in. And and the key thing about it is he wanted to do this while he was partying hardy with John Steinbeck, drinking beer. Oh, those guys were major alcoholics, yeah. but they did a lot of research together. I mean, I mean, come on, that does sound pretty fun, you know, getting blasted drunk and checking out sea critters that no one has ever seen before. What and what's wrong? What's not wrong? What's wrong with that picture? Everyone, there's nothing wrong with that picture. It is. 